Alright, so welcome back. Episode 9 of No Cap Sports Podcast. Glad, uh, glad y'all are tuning in with us. So how you been living, my boy? Man, living lavishly. You know, living <laughs> like Larry. I'm just saying. How you been? Man, I've been good, bro. We still working. Still working. Yes, sir. Through all of this. So we finna get right into it. So, big news this week. Uh, college sports is taking a stand against racism in the country. And it all started Friday. Uh, the SEC's Commissioner Greg Sankey he issued a statement saying it is past time to change for change to be made to the flag of the state of Mississippi. Our students deserve an opportunity to learn and compete in environments that are inclusive and welcome to all. In the event that there is no change, there will be consideration of precluding Southeastern Conference Championship events from being constructed in the state of Mississippi until the state flag is changed. And so basically, he just issued a threat to the state of Mississippi, change the flag, or we're not going to host any SEC uh, events here. So what do you think about this threat? And do you think it will hold up? Uh, I mean, it's a good threat per se. Mm-hmm. But the only thing, like, the only sports that really be, that are held as championship games mm-hmm. in Mississippi is uh, baseball and softball. Yeah. So, like, if you're not going to hold any events there, that's fine. I mean... As long as there's nothing else happening, then you can hold the events there. Yeah. And so, but I mean, it's a good, it's a good band. I think I agree with it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's worth noticing, like, Ole Miss and Mississippi State stopped flying the flag, the state flag. Ole Miss stopped in 2015 and state stopped in 2016. And Mississippi is a state that uh, has the highest percentage of black Americans in the United States. So I think, like, for the NCAA, well, starting out with the SEC, for them to get involved in this, and like try to force a change in Mississippi is very crucial. But I think like I think it's important to take note of who the governor of Mississippi is. Yeah. Kate Reeves, a Millsaps graduate, which is very unfortunate because he's had a very questionable history, even dating back to his time in Millsaps. And like he even said like he doesn't want to take legislative action to resolve the issue and he has not shared his like own personal views about the flag. So like whether Mississippi changes the flag, who knows? And so to compound onto that, Saturday the NCAA took it a step farther and they put a blanket ban on any championship events from being held in states where the Confederate flag is prominent. And so now the NCAA getting involved, that not only includes the SEC teams, but that includes all divisions of sports all, and every sport in the NCAA. So that bans like all championship events from being held in Mississippi. So how do you, what do you think about the NCAA's involvement and ramping up the SEC's threat a little bit? Uh, it's good to reinforce it. I mean, the crazy thing is, it's just like when you think about it, all the, most of the athletes in division one sports, particularly basketball, football, like what most of the athletes are black. Yeah. But like every single time, whenever you go to like a sports game or an outing or event, let's say you go to a basketball game. Uh-huh. If you go, you know how you have the lower level and do you have the upper level? Yeah. And the lower level is nothing but like old people. Yeah. And white people. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's, it's old white like- people. It's just like in the lower bowl and then the upper section, all you see is uh, people of color mm-hmm. for the most part. So, I mean, just, you know, I wonder if like schools are going to stop losing like funding. Yeah, like it'll be interesting to see like how much funding is lost over the next season or two, just based off of uh, donations from from uh, people, fans. I, to be honest, like I also think it have an economic impact 
on Mississippi, like you talked about the schools potentially losing money. Yeah. And I don't think the schools are going to really lose money because this is like a state thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think the schools are going to lose money because Mississippi isn't going to change its flag. Uh, like they could potentially forego millions of dollars in economic impact that NCAA uh, postseason events bring to the state. And like, like I said, these postseason events, like especially with the NCAA threat, that involves all divisions. So, like, you think about, like, Millsaps, what was that? My freshman year, your senior year, we hosted the girls' basketball championship. Yeah. We can't do that anymore unless Mississippi, you know, changes the flag. So, things like that, like, you know, that that's just an economic impact of bringing people to the state and, you know, they spend Making money, money in the yeah. state. So you I, think they'll change the flag? They I, got to. They I, don't have no choice, bro. Exactly. Like, I really think <laughs> – I've been thinking they need to change the flag because, like, it's clearly a Confederate flag, like, in the <laughs> left corner. And, like, you know, what are you doing, bro? Why is that there? It's I 2020. Mean, when, you, when you think about it, it's, it's just a matter of, like, they're asking Mississippi, how racist are you? Yeah. Hey, do you are you racist enough to lose money, bro? Like, yes or no? That's, that's really the- what it is. <laughs> I, I think that's a good point. Like, are you racist enough to give up millions of dollars that your state could be making? Yeah. Over a flag. A flag. Exactly. And, like... I think it's interesting how the NCAA worded this, too. They said it's a ban on championship events in any states where the Confederate flag is prominent. And so prominent makes me think of there are a lot of people flying the Confederate flag also. And so even though the NCAA only mentioned Mississippi by name, can you see any other states being affected (laughs) by this policy? Every state in the the South, in the SEC and the ACC. I'm not going to lie. Like, when I read it, I immediately thought Mississippi. And then secondly, my mind turned to South Carolina. Yeah. Because recently, you know, uh, they had the athletes uh, came together and had a protest on Clemson's campus. And they were met with backlash by locals who drove through, you know, with Confederate flags hanging Uh, off the back of their cars. I saw that, yeah. And so I was like, you know, that's not a good look for the NCAA, for South Carolina. For Clemson. Yeah, Clemson going out sad. Exactly. They haven't lost any recruits, though. That's, that's surprisingly. I, I'm surprised. I think, like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, if I was an athlete and I could pick any coach to play for, I'd probably play for Dabo Swinney because like, yeah. he just seems like a stand-up guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, but they also got in trouble for one of his uh, assistant coaches. Oh, yeah. So, it's, I mean, they haven't lost any recruits, which is, like, surprising. Like, uh, Mississippi State, they lost a uh, favorite lovey. Oh, yeah. He went to uh, FSU. So they FSU going through things too, yeah. right? so and so you know talking about going through things like it's a lot of athletes now speaking up like trying to get names of buildings changed on these campuses. Yeah, like starting out like like you just mentioned, Fabian Lovett leaving a uh, state to go to Florida State. Uh, now there's like a petition trying to get the name of Doe Campbell Stadium changed because like Doe Campbell was had pro segregation views while he was serving as university's president, and so also. Like, same thing going on at Clemson. Like, Clemson uh, just removed John C. Calhoun's name from the Honors College. And that was uh, thanks in large part to Deshaun Watson and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, like, getting behind that movement. And now they're trying to rename Tillman Hall. And Tillman was, like, a white supremacist, and his name is on, like, Clemson's most iconic building. However, like, changing that building is subject to the Heritage Act, like, a rule that protects, like, historic buildings and, you know, tries to keep them as they are. Yeah. So, what do you think about, like, 
you know, getting all these names changed, getting all these statues removed in order to make these campuses more inclusive to students and athletes coming to these schools. I mean, it's not a hard thing to do, just rename the building. Exactly. And so one of the things, I mean, for FSU, I would rename it after primetime, you know. Oh, my favorite. Welcome to primetime field. Second with Clemson, they can name it after Dabo Sweeney. I mean, he's yeah. like the best head coach they ever had. It's, it's not – it would be an honor to change it to Dabo Sweeney because whenever I think of Clemson, that's who I think exactly. about. So, I mean, it's an easy fix or whatever. If you don't want to involve, you know, racist people, mm. uh, people that discriminate, then just change it to a name that everybody feels comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, if a racist person doesn't appreciate something not being racist, who really cares, exactly. to be honest, bro? And so, you know, like like I said, but like, change is coming. Like, I'm just glad to see all of these athletes speaking up, taking a stand, and I'm really glad to see leagues taking a stand to fight this kind of uh, racism and oppression in our country. Facts. And so, moving on, second topic for the day. There have been a lot of NFL trade requests going on, and so we're going to take a deep dive into two of them. And, you know, with corona going on and all these other things, it's hard to get some of these deals done. So let's start out with, number one, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, air dresser for the... uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. And so, basically, he's been frustrated for a while. I'm going to start out by saying that. He set out 11, 11 days of camp last season. <laughs> and even though the Jags placed a tag on him, he has no intention to sign a tag with Jacksonville, no intention to sign a long-term deal with Jacksonville, and he has requested to be traded via Twitter. Uh, and on Twitter, he said, The Jaguars are aware. I no longer have an interest in signing a long-term contract in Jacksonville. Duval, I love you, and I gave you guys everything I got. I'm thankful for the journey, and I look forward to continuing my career elsewhere. And so he's had problems with the front office, had problems with the way they've done business. and But, however, the front office is optimistic they can get him back in Jacksonville. So what do you think of this situation? Uh, the With defensive ends, I feel as if, there's only maybe two or three positions where you can demand something and you get it. Yeah. So I'm going to say quarterback is one, a uh, superstar quarterback. Yeah. Now, I mean, so maybe Aaron Rodgers, you know, all the way up there, all those uh-huh. great players. So defensive end, at first I said no for, for Nguake, yeah. but then I, <laughs> you showed me his stats. And so I, he deserves to, I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be a high paying price. Yeah. So it's about who's willing to pay the price for him. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's, I don't blame him for wanting to leave. Yeah. You know, you can do whatever you want. But if you don't get what you want immediately, bro, you, I don't think you can afford to be mad just because of the asking price. Yeah. And to be honest, like, it's not even the price he's mad about. Like, what he's really mad about is just, like, the front office. Like, you got to think about, like, all the talent they've sent away. Jalen Ramsey, Dante Fowler. Uh, <laughs> just, like, all the time they cut Jale- uh, Calais Campbell. Yeah. And so, like, basically he's been left in a bad situation. Yeah. And he wants to get out. And, you know, be a premier player in the league. Like, you know, put his name out there. And then you also got to think about, like, all of the bad claims that have come out of Jacksonville. Like, the poor work of the trainers. Like, forcing players to play when they're injured. Like, all yeah. of that whole thing. Like, it just seems like it's a toxic situation in Jacksonville that he wants to get away from. And then you also got to look at, like, what Jacksonville has done these past couple of years. It seems like they're gearing up to get a to get rid of him, even though they haven't. In 2019, they drafted Josh Allen, who yeah. had 10 and a half sacks last season. And this year, they drafted Caleb Von Chasen from LSU, yeah. who, you know, is a similar edge rusher. 
So I think like it's time to get, you know, to set them free and get what you can by getting rid of them, getting off of them. So who do you think, uh, like what teams do you think will make that move and get Ngakwe? I mean, initially the first team I think about is the Titans mm-hmm. because – In the division. Oh, in the yeah, – yeah. So, I mean, the first thing I think is about the Titans – who I would give up? I I would try to you know get rid of Corey Davis, try to let him come, <laughs> sneak him off real quick. I'd give up a. He's not that. Oh, how is he? Twenty five. Yeah, he's twenty five. Twenty five. Uh, I would give up a, a second rounder for him. Second. Because you'll you'll have production from yeah. him through his twenties. Uh-huh. So if you give him a four year contract, he'll be twenty nine when that runs up. Maybe thirty. Yeah. Uh, I would I would give that to him and uh just let it run, see how it goes. The Titans is the, like when I watched that uh, AFC Championship game last yeah. week when they played the Chiefs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Pat Mahomes is like making us look silly. We just signed a pass rusher, uh, Vic Beasley out of yeah. uh, Atlanta. Old, uh, calling Vic Beasley a pass rusher. I mean, bro, he is. That's what he is, but is he good at it? That's the thing. I mean, he was two years ago. He just had a bad year. Maybe he was injured. We didn't know something okay. about him. You, don't, you never fair know. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, but you know, you can never go wrong with uh, Yannick Ngoke. Exactly. Like, like you say, you can never go wrong with him. The guy has 37 and a half sacks over four seasons. He's right at about like. Eight, eight and a half sacks a season, so you know you're gonna get production out of them. Yeah. But like, what I'm thinking is like, I don't think they're gonna get a deal done soon. I think like when teams get in the training camp, they realize like, oh man, like we ain't got no edge rushes. <laughs> like, you know, it's getting kind of spooky. I think like that's when the deal for Ngakwe is gonna get done. Yeah. And like, the three teams I can see like realistically making a move and getting him, I said the Eagles. The Eagles. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks, you got to think about the Davion Clowney situation. Yeah, you can do a sign and trade with that. Exactly. Yeah. You could pull that off, or you could just bring him in and just say, sorry to Davion. <laughs> you know, we got a better option who can actually get sacks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I also thought about the Giants sending them up north to a team that is very desperate for pass rushers if they want to be, Ooh. you know, competitive this season. Yeah, but I mean, you. The Jags probably gonna want picks because I don't think they're in a win now mode. They yeah, might. Be. I agree with that. They might be. I don't know, but uh, they gonna have to send picks. Are they willing to send picks? The Giants, cause the Giants are in a win now mode also. Yeah, uh, I don't think the Giants are in a win now mode, but I think they're in a let's try be to competitive. Get yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think I could see the Giants getting off picks. I could definitely see the Seahawks and Eagles getting off picks because they're teams that are like, you know, this is our window is right now. Especially you think about the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. And like everything he's been able to accomplish essentially by himself. Yeah. They want to do everything they can to, you know, make him the best player he can be. Okay, okay, I got you. And so moving on, second player who just requested well, I wouldn't say just requested a trade this week, but like <laughs> there have been rumblings of him wanting to be traded. We're gonna talk about Jamal Adams. And so here's the tricky thing with Jamal Adams. Yeah. He's not gonna be a free agent until after the twenty twenty one season because the Jets picked up his fifth year option. And the Jets also have no intention to trade Adams. But Adams is, I think, arguably, if not the best safety in the league, the best young safety in the league. Mm. You got a debate? Like, no, who, no, no, no. Keep going. Keep going I bro. mean, like, if you think Adams isn't the best safety, like, speak I'm not, He is. He's top three. Top, okay. Yeah. I mean, he might be the best. I agree. Okay. I had nothing to say, bro. All right, bro. I just wanted to make sure. So, anyway... <laughs> Adams wants that long-term deal that's going to make him the highest-paid safety in the league because dude's been balling, and he's still on his rookie deal. Yeah. He's scheduled to make, I want to say, like around $9 million this year. That's but, it? Yeah, exactly. For a ball player, it doesn't make sense. And then he also – so, like I said, he wants to be the highest-paid safety, and like I feel like it's warranted. He's got two Pro Bowl selections. 
and he was a all pro in 2019. Yeah. Like that's all you can ask for. But he feels betrayed by the Jets because he was promised a contract extension uh, in January, never got it. And he's just like, you know, I just can't trust this front office anymore, so get me out of here. Yeah. And so basically he requested his trade, uh, requested permission to seek a trade Thursday, and he listed seven teams he would like to be traded to. Ravens, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs, 49ers, and the Seahawks. So first of all, you know, like the first, the common thing among these seven teams is these teams are all contenders. Yeah. Just haven't made the playoffs since 2010. But I want you to talk about just like the kind of impact Jamal Adams can have on any team and where you think he's going to land. Oh, the impact he could have, uh, infinite impact. So this, <laughs> uh, Jamal Adams. So I'm going to say the the best, I mean, the Latin spot, you know what I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. I already know. Go on and let it ride. Every, every, every good football player wants to be a Dallas Cowboy at some point in their life, bro. Every good football player. Earl, Earl Thomas, you saw him begging. Oh, yeah. He was in the, lock, he was in the locker room. He was begging, bro. So, Come get me. Yeah, so I'm going to say the Cowboys are, are the number one team. Another yeah. team that can use him but isn't going to get him. Let me get that straight. I'm going to say um, the Browns, like you said that for yeah. um the other player earlier. Uh-huh. I'm going to say the Browns could use him also. Just superstar power. Uh, superstar power. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. Like, you think about him going to uh, Dallas, him teamed up with Ha Ha Clint Dix, that's, yeah. that's a pretty strict back line. Yeah, like, no not too much going to get behind him. And then you think about him going to Cleveland, him and Jabril Peppers, Ooh. that's a versatile matchup. Yeah. And, like, just to talk about Adams, like, this guy has an impact in every like aspect of defense. He gets the sacks. Yeah. He's a run stopper. He can man up and cover anybody, like especially tight ends and slot receivers. Like he's just like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, ball it's, hawk. Exactly. It's hard to find players like that with that kind of versatility. And I think that's what pushes him into like that elite group of defensive backs. And he has and he has the size. Exactly. He has the size to do all of it. And so like you said, like I like the Cowboys, but my only concern with them is uh, Jamal Adams wants that, like, around that $20 million a year number. We can get him that. But the thing is, I already got three guys making over $20 million a year. And who are the three guys? Zeke, Dak, and uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Okay. we can get, Bro, we can give up Lawrence. I'm not going to lie to you. We could trade him. We could, tra- we could trade Lawrence to the Jets. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, why not? But We I, we get him Lawrence, Gallup. And uh, a second rounder. I mean, bro. That's a lot to give up for. We trying to win. Get your superstar. You need stars. Exactly. We need stars. We got stars. We'll have CD still, Amari. But what about on on that D-line? Like, y'all are just going to be. We just got Alden Smith. You banking on a guy who hadn't played in the league since, what, 2015, 2016? Then uh, with the crackhead, he just, he wants reinstatement. (laughs) Oh, uh, who? Randy Gregor? Yeah, he wants reinstatement. So, he got a crackhead. Uh, domestic abusers. So we got uh, now, and, uh, <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> so then we got uh, then we got the D tackles, uh, the guy out of Memphis, uh, Don, Don Terry Poe, and y'all got Gerald McCoy. Exactly. So uh, you know that's a still a, a great D line that you had the star power, a linebacker, and a safety. I just still that's star power everywhere, bro. You can't deny that. I mean, would the Jets take that? I mean, they'll take Gallup in the second rounder, that twenty million dollar contract from Lawrence. Yeah. I just I just think I think if the Cowboys do make a move. They just have to be smart in making a move because you still haven't paid Dak long term. Yeah. And Jalen Smith is coming up. Yeah. 
and I think those he, are two guys you want to keep long term. I, I think Jamal I, Adams is a guy you want to yeah, keep exactly. long term. So I could see. I can see if they get Jamal Adams, mm-hmm. maybe saying, you know what, Jalen Smith, we don't need you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love Jalen Smith, but, like, you just got to – it's an allocation of money. Where are you going to spend that money at? And if you bring Jamal Adams – You know, I think something they would do, they would put Jalen Smith on the uh, franchise tender. Oh. And until Zeke's contract runs out, yeah. well, I'm t- watch. If they can franchise him until Zeke's contract runs out, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Cause you can franchise tag a player twice. Yeah. So what? Jalen Smith still has another year or two more years on that contract. This is uh, this is last season on next contract. And Zeke still has what? Two more years on yeah. his. You can franchise it for them too after the, after this one. Okay. I mean, bro. It, well, I love Zeke, but he gonna be what? Almost he gonna be almost thirty by then. Twenty eight, yeah. twenty nine. I mean, he's still gonna be a top back, but you can draft the back. Yeah, and we talked about that last week. Just how backs are just. You know, constantly losing value in the NFL. Yeah, bro. And so, but I like to throw in, I think one team makes a lot of sense for Jamal Adams. Who? And that's the Eagles. Stop. I said the Eagles for Ngakwe, too. And I'm going to say the Eagles again for Jamal Adams. Because you think about it, they just lost Malcolm Jenkins. Okay. And he's older (laughs) and not as good as Jamal Adams. But they play the same way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're both versatile Swiss Army Knight safeties who can play the run. Rush the passer and cover. Mm-hmm. So I think you bring Jamal Adams in, and that Eagles defense goes from good to great. Yeah, but the Eagles can't have him, bro. He can go to anybody but the Eagles. You got a personal problem? Yeah, with bro. Cowboys for life, bro. <laughs> hey, for bro. lifers. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. Clinton Dix, Clinton Dix and Adams is nice, but Darius Slay and Jamal Adams? Mm. That's pretty disgusting. No. Nah. That's a real no. You gotta be a cowboy. All right. Well, I hope I hope your wish gets granted. Yeah. Me I, too. So I hope you know what that's my Juneteenth gift from <laughs> me to you, Jamal Adams to the Cowboys. I hope it has. Thank you. No mistake. <laughs> and so now, we didn't talk a little, uh, a little bit about free agents. I mean, about players requesting trades. So now we're gonna uh, shift our eyes to the NFC North and give y'all a preview of what we think is going to happen in the North this season. Yeah. So we're going to start out talking about the one and only, the Monsters of the Midway, the Bears. The Bears. <laughs> <laughs> so last year, 8-8, eight and eight, you know, Matt, uh, Matt Nagy's second season as the head coach, and they had a major regression from 2018, a year in which they went 12-4 and four and made the playoffs. And so a lot of this, I feel like, falls on Mr. Trubisky. 2018, he completed 63.6% of his passes, 3,223 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 12 picks with 7.4 yards per attempt. However, in 2018, he fell back to 63.2%, not a big fall off. 3,138 yards, 17 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and 6.1 yards per attempt. So trash. Very trash. I agree with that. (laughs) So do you think, and then I'd like to also throw in, the Bears declined his fifth year option, fifth or fourth year option. I'm not sure, yeah. but they declined his option for the season following this one. So, what do you think about Mitch Trubisky? Like, do you still have faith in no, him? No, I don't, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just give me Nick Foles and we'll ride with them. But I did it. My uh, when I picked my team, yeah. so we picked the schedule. I picked it with Mitch Trubisky still being the starter because uh-huh. nothing else has been said about it. Yeah. Uh. I had them going five and eleven. I mean, it's a lot of toss-up games. They have yeah. that defense is so cold, bro. It is, well, whenever you get Khalil Mack on defense, that defense is going to be cold, <laughs> and that's like no question. That Khalil Mack is 
most definitely an X factor anywhere he goes. They got stars on uh, every level of the field: D line, linebacker, safety. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I still got him going five and eleven. I just don't trust Mitch Trubisky. You know, and shout out Anthony Miller, bro. Yeah, big. Fact. He gonna get a rack this season. He finally healthy. You know, he had that bad shoulder for a while. Yeah, and he just had surgery on it again, so he should he should be good. You know, for camp and all of that. But you know, that's just something to watch out for. But you talk about the defense. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the offense because everybody knows what defense. offense, bro? And that's what I was about to say. Yeah. They were 31st in the NFL in yards per play with 4.7 yards per play. 32nd, in the, which is dead last in the league, in yards per pass attempt with 5.7. And they were 27th in the NFL with rush yards per game at 91.1 rush yards per game. So this is just a very... Well, this was a very sad offense in 2019. <laughs> 2018, they had signs of life. They, I think they were one of the better offenses in the league in 2018, especially with Nag- Nag- Matt Nagy's experience as the Chiefs offensive coordinator yeah. becoming the Bears' head coach. However, like the offense is just like anemic. <laughs> and especially playing in the NFL in today, like in today's NFL, you've got to score points. Fact. And so whether that falls on Mr. Biscay or if that falls on Matt Nagy as a play caller, or whatever that falls on, they need to get that fixed to have a successful season this upcoming year. And so, like we talked about, Nick Foles is in town. Good competition. You say Nick Foles is going to win the starting job? He will, but, yeah. I didn't I didn't do yeah. the schedule like that, but he's going to win it. I, to be honest, I'm not sure if he wins that starting Why job. Why not? I feel like they invested a lot of money into him because, you know, he just signed that big deal in Jacksonville, which, you know, when they traded for him. Yeah. But I feel like... You know, you still have to have a quarterback for the future. Like, you need a franchise quarterback. Nick Foles is in his 30s. Mr. Biscay's still young. You I can to... play quarterback for a while, though. Yeah, you can, but you take Nick Foles' injury history into, uh, into consideration here. Like, how much longer, you know, does he have? He almost retired, what, four years ago? Four or five years ago? Yeah. After he got cut by the Rams? But they in a win-now mode, bro. That defense, is win- that defense can win a Super Bowl. It's good enough to win a Super Bowl. I agree. And I think they made the defense a lot better this offseason. That's They bring in Robert Quinn, who had 11 and a half sacks last season. Yeah. And you put him on the opposite edge, opposite Khalil Mack. Yeah. Who you going to double team? That's, that's why it's like with Trubisky, he's going to be on a short lease. If he come in and start the season, yeah. if he come into training, cra- uh, training camp tripping, yeah. Nick Foles going to get that job for sure. Mm-hmm. But I just also have a concern with just like, what do you do? Like you have a Pro Bowl, re- uh, a Pro Bowl snub receiver in Allen Robinson. You got Anthony Miller, who's a, who should I think is gonna blow up this year. And then you also have a ridiculous number of tight ends for no reason. And you got, I'd say, two good running backs. Tariq Cohen is more of an offensive weapon than a running back to me. So I think just the success of that offense falls on whoever is that quarterback. Yeah. So like you said. Trubisky versus Foles, we'll see. Who did you have? What, uh, what, what, what records did you have the Bears coming in at? So I got the Bears at 5-11. and 11, But also based that off Mr. Trubisky starting, I just feel like even if – I feel like if Mr. Trubisky struggles, he's going to get pulled. Yeah. But I think no matter what, he's going to start week one. So many winnable games for them. Exactly. And I think I think Mr. Trubisky really – I think he just has to pull a Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> yep. Just fall back on your defense. Let your defense put you in good position. I'm not going to say they have a running back who's going to be stupid successful, but 
I think both they, of them gonna get a wreck if they stay healthy. Cohen ain't never rushed for a wreck. Well, he he uh, does he not total a wreck though? Well, yeah, he's he's probably, he he probably gonna get like you know total a thousand from scrimmage. Yeah, and David Montgomery isn't bad. I just don't think he's a you know a guy who I'm gonna hand the ball off to 25 times a game. He got he's not there. Some games, some games you can do that though. Yeah, when you're playing like you know somebody's sorry. Yeah, like in the Giants. <laughs> That's all you need then. Yeah. But anyway, the like we said, the Bears' success this season going to fall on the shoulders of whoever starts at quarterback. I, like I said, I feel like Mr. Trubisky going to start week one just because he's young and they have to figure out what they're going to do with him long term. But I think if he struggles, Nick Foles comes in. But you think Nick Foles is the week one starter. So I think that's definitely going to be an interesting training camp battle to watch. Not a virtual training camp battle to watch, but hopefully. Do you think uh, the records change if Nick Foles is a starter? I think, I feel like Nick Foles isn't going to do that much better. Because you got to think about, like, uh, he started out very slow in Jacksonville. And even when he came back, Garner Minshew took the starting job back. So I just. Garner Minshew just built like that, though. Nick Foles is, too. He's more solid than Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I. And I can say that with the utmost confidence. Yeah, I. Like, if you ask me who. if If my team is a playoff team and you ask me who would I rather have as a quarterback. I would most definitely pick Nick Foles because of his pedigree, like of what he's been able to do in the league. Yeah. But recently, like, I just feel like with the situation the Bears are in, they need a long-term solution, and Nick Foles is just like a stopgap. Okay. Oh, he's an insurance policy. Would you so you would draft the quarterback next season if you got a high pick or whatever, and it's a quarterback that you, a top quarterback that you yeah. would take? Is that uh, the biggest need? I would say yeah. Especially if you don't re-sign Trubisky this offseason, I would say yes, draft a quarterback. So that's the biggest need. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so moving on, we're going to talk about the Detroit Lions. Now, the Lions, they have a plethora of talent, but their head coach, Matt Patricia, has a 9-22-1 head coaching record. So what do you think? Uh, so do you think Patricia's on the hot seat this upcoming season? Uh, I think not this season, but the season after that. You just got to. The thing about coaching, you got to get your system, your drafted players in before yeah. you really can judge a, a head coach. But I I agree with you on that because you got to – I will say he has brought a lot of his guys in. He brought in Danny Amendola, Trey Flowers last year. This season he brings in Deron Harmon, uh, Danny Shelton, and Jamie Collins, you know, all New England guys. He brings them in this year. But, like, you just hear a lot of complaints coming out about Matt Patricia like from Darius Slay saying he lost respect for Matt Patricia to Glover Quinn just saying like, you know, Matt Patricia came in and tried to create a new culture when we already had a culture. So we just didn't respect him, didn't listen to him, didn't want to play for him. Yeah. But anyway, to talk about the team, what do you think about Matt Stafford? You think Matt Stafford? Top 10 quarterback. I, I hands down agree with you. I think Matt Stafford is always disrespected when we talk about like elite quarterbacks in the league. Man, so cold, bro. Exactly, bro. Like, he missed eight games last year, and in the game, and like he missed the last eight. But in the first eight weeks, he was first in the NFL in pass yards, second in touchdowns. Yeah, like he's the obvious stud in the league. Fantasy god, exactly. For sure. He is going to let it ride. But the thing that hurts the Lions, in my opinion, is a lack of running back depth. Well, what hurt them last season was a lack of running back depth, and then their defense was just piss poor. Especially for a head coach that has a defensive pedigree, like Patricia was the leader of that uh, Patriots defense. Yeah. So last season, the Lions were the second worst defense in the NFL. They gave up 400 yards a game, 
280 pass yards a game and 115 rush yards a game. Mm. So that's a porous defense that's basically saying any way you want it, you can get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So coming into the offseason, like I said, uh, Patricia brought some more of his guys in. They traded away Darius Slay. But they, I think, even though they traded away Darius Slay, yeah. I think their secondary as a unit got, got better. better. Okay. Why do so, you say that? So, you know, they draft Jeff Okuda, who is Ooh. a player I just love, just like a physical, long safety. He only allowed 39% of passes to be completed when he was targeted in college. He like, coming in as a safety or a corner? A corner. He's okay. a corner. Yeah. So he only allowed 39% of passes to be completed when he was targeted. And then you bring in Desmond Trufant from Atlanta to start Ooh. on the opposite side. Okay. And then you signed Justin Coleman last year, who absolutely got destroyed. <laughs> he allowed 70 catches last season, which is the second most allowed in the NFL. That's, a, that's second most who had the most. I, I, I'm not even sure, but I didn't even <laughs> want to look at it because that's pretty embarrassing. I'm not going to embarrass Probably somebody anymore. on the Eagles. Bro. Oh, big fact. Big fact. It was probably, uh, what's his name? Russell Douglas? <laughs> Ronald Darby, one of them, bro. They were probably getting bombed, though. But anyway, by bringing in two outside corners, you can move Justin Coleman back to the nickel corner position, which is like where he excelled at in uh, Seattle. Yeah. So I think like Overall, that secondary unit is going to be a lot better, especially when, you know, you get the Swiss Army knife, Deron Harmon, to put back his safety. And I just think, like I said, it's an overall better secondary unit, even though you lose the star in Darius Leonard. I mean, Darius Slay. Okay. So, like, looking at the schedule, they got a, they have a hard schedule also, but it's a lot of winnable games. Yeah. They want them teams and go 5-11, 4-12, but they can also go 10-6, 11-5. Exactly. Uh, looking at it, just because I haven't seen them do it in a while, like uh, go ten and uh, ten and six, eleven and five, I have them going five and eleven. Well, but it's a lot of winnable games. I had them losing. Like they could have yeah. beat the Cardinals. They could beat the Cardinals. They could beat the Falcons. Uh-huh. They could be Indianapolis. They probably will beat the Redskins. But I yeah. had them losing that. Carolina, Houston. So it's a lot of winnable games on the board. And I uh, that wide receiver pairing uh, with Galladay and Golden Tate. Oh, yeah. No, like, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, what's his name? Marvin Jones. Mar- yeah, Marvin Jones. That's a nice little duo right exactly. there. So I'm a, uh, I'm gonna say five and eleven just because I gotta see them actually perform. And the schedule is kind of hard. Yeah. All right. So, like you said, they could easily go five and eleven or ten and six. Yeah. I said they were gonna go ten and six because especially if Matt Stafford stays healthy this year, I just feel like, uh, I just feel like they're gonna find a way to just put it all together this year. And I really hope they do because like. Like I said, Detroit is a team that like needs football success. Bro. <laughs> like they, like they'll have a couple of you know good seasons back to back, and then they'll fall off the table. Yeah. So bro. I feel like this is the season where they get back on top. You talked about uh, Galladay and Jones, and with Stafford coming back, like those are the kind of guys Stafford likes. I mean, don't be surprised if they start, bro. If they start off like eight, eight and zero, nine and zero, ten yeah. and zero, or like with only two losses, looking like a playoff team. I'm calling it right now. Megatron gonna come back and play for them. You, you heard it here first, bro. That's a very bold prediction. Megatron back then? Megatron. With a nice team, he'll give it one last run. You know he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. He wants one. Yeah. But anyway, like I said, like I, like I said earlier, secondary got better. Staff, staffing and stay healthy, that's going to be very key to, uh you know, their success. Because yeah. last season, David Blau and Jeff Driscoll were just god-awful. <laughs> And so, exactly. How is he an NFL quarterback? And Kaepernick isn't, but you know, 
You know why. Relax. <laughs> okay, so anyway, also last, also they had DeAndre Swift, so I think like that running game is going to take another step forward, especially like when you can rely on, you know, the backfield of Swift, Carrion Johnson, yeah. and Bo Scarborough, who kind of came on late last season after Carrion mm. got hurt. Yeah. And so I think that's a good uh, trio. And, you know, you bring in, like you said, more Patricia's guys with the Patriots acquisitions. I just think this is a team that could, you know, be a serious contender in the NFC North. Yeah. So, like I said, I got them going 10-6. and six. I got them, you know, splitting divisional games with the Packers and the Vikings. But I feel like they can win a lot of non-division games. Okay. Because especially, like, with them playing the AFC South this season, like, those are teams that are, I think they match up well with just based on the based on their offense and the way they're going to be able to spread the ball down the field. For sure, for sure. And so moving on, this is going to be a tough one for you. We're going to talk about the Vikings. <laughs> and your boy, Kirk Cousins, who you believe is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he top 10. Fringe 10, but he top 10. All right. And so I will say. Ben 10. <laughs> I know you like. Anyway, keep going, bro. But anyway, so I feel like, I was about to say, last season I feel like Chris Cousins showed he was worth that, you know, mega deal. Yeah. Fully guaranteed deal. He had a career low, 0.4 interceptions a game, career high, 107.4 QBR. And he also, but, my bad, but he also threw a career low, 29.6 passes per game. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, good numbers, but his role decreased in yeah, the offense. That's cute. Yeah, that's cute. So, it's whatever, bro. It's cute. You had Dalvin Cook, who was the top five running back yeah. last season. So, a thousand, over a thousand rushing yards and 13 tutties. Yeah, bro. You can't complain. So, anyway, I feel like this upcoming season, I think it's going to be tough for the Vikings. You got to think about they basically gutted their entire secondary. Mm-hmm. You lose all your top three corners in Xavier Rhodes, who was god-awful last season. He allowed 59 receptions, yeah. which is seventh most allowed. And he had a 46.4 grade from uh, Pro Football Focus. Yeah. And then you also lose Trey Waynes, and you lose uh, your number three cornerback, McKenzie Alexander. So you also, you know, like, especially, like, in the NFL now, you need corners and you need pass rushers. Those are, the, like, the premium positions on defense. They still got Daniel Hunter, though. Yeah, but they had lost Everson Griffin. Yeah. I, so it's like, you know, did you really get better? You know what I'm uh, saying? Oh, yeah. That, and you also lose Limbaugh Joseph in the middle. Okay, I see what you're saying. Did they get better? No. Yeah. So I think they're going to take a step back in terms of, like, especially mm-hmm. when you're starting mostly, uh, when you're going to be starting mostly rookie corners. Yeah. They're going to have to learn and grow up quickly in order for your team to be successful. And so on offense, I think they also took a step back, in all honesty. You look at Dalvin Cook's holdout. We don't know how that's going to end. Hopefully, he gets paid. Because, in my opinion, even though he just had that one breakout season, he deserves to get paid. Especially because, like, he's just outperforming what he's getting paid right now. Yeah. And I also think they took a step back in losing Stephon Diggs. He's arguably, I think he's arguably, you know, a top 15 receiver in the league. Well, not arguably, but he is the top 15 receiver in the league. Arguably top Top 10. five footwork, most definitely. Oh, most definitely. Him and Devontae Adams are at the top of the list when it comes to releases off the line of scrimmage. So, what do you think about, you know, them coming into this did they Did they get better? The answer is no. But are they – I don't think it's that big of a drop-off, but it's enough to where instead of you being like 
twelve and uh four. Uh-huh. Eleven and five being comfortably in the playoffs yeah. as like uh the top team in the division or a wild uh-huh. card. They're gonna drop down. I, I got them going nine and seven, dropping down. But I, I'm a fan of Justin Jefferson, bro. I, I, Me too. I see him getting a thousand yards this season. Like I, I think off he's rip. The, yes, I think he's that nice. Okay, I will say like he's a polished receiver, polished route runner, and I hope he performs good. But there's a player on that roster who I hope shows up in training camp. And you talking about Dalvin Cook? No, I'm talking about Dylan Mitchell. Dylan Mitchell, White Ooh. Station Legend. Ooh. I hope he shows up. Ooh. I hope. Like you got to realize, like being from Memphis, Dylan Mitchell was. That guy, man. Especially going to high school with him, like that guy. So what I feel like, I just hope, I just hope Dylan gets like a fair shot, yeah, like, to play this season because I feel like he's uber talented. I'm not gonna say he's Justin Jefferson, but I think he can, he could be an elite. That could receiver. be a nice little trio, exactly. Jefferson, uh, Thielen, and uh, Dylan Mitchell. Exactly. That could be a that could be a great trio. I mean, not nine and seven is what probably fringe playoffs. You yeah. might have to go ten and six. Uh. I'm a, I'm gonna go with nine and seven, you know, uh, with them. Mm-hmm. It's just a schedule in the NFC North is like so like tough. Yeah, a lot of these games are just pickles. Exactly, and I guess I got them going nine and seven too. And so I just want to ask you a question though. Yeah. So you know we just talked about like how we think they're gonna take a step back. Out of all the quarterbacks in the NFC North, where is Kirk Cousins? Because I, yeah. I think it's pretty obvious. Trubisky's last. And t- well, worst. Aaron Rodgers is best. He's third. He's third? Yeah. I just want to make sure. Bro. He's third. So you're taking Matt Stafford over it's three. Cook. It's three top ten quarterbacks in the uh, NFC North. Okay. Real. I'll let you have that. Because, like, I got him as third quarterback in the NFC North, too. Like, I mean, I have him as ten. And I have Stafford as nine. All right. That's fair. That's fair. And so, like, that's all we got on the Vikings. But shit, it's going to be a very – I think I don't think it's going to be a bad year for the Vikings. I just think it's going to be a tough year. Yeah. They're just going to have to do a lot of learning, a lot of growing, especially with the young guys coming in, the starter corner, Jeff Gladney from TCU and Cam Dangler from uh, Mississippi State. They're just going to have, you know, that learning curve that comes with being a young defender in the NFL. And But I do think, speaking of their draft picks, I think they found a potential, like, like just a potential like star stud, and that's with a uh, fourth round pick defensive tackle James Lynch. I talked about them losing uh Limbaugh Joseph, and they bring in uh James Lynch from Baylor. Man's had thirteen and a half sacks, and nineteen and a half tackles for loss last season. Just in a season yes. at D tackle. At D tackle. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, bro. So I think that's a player to watch out for, especially in the pack in the pack uh twelve too. Not the pack twelve, big twelve. Yeah, yeah. the offense will be getting off. Exactly. So you know, those are a couple guys to watch out for. But just watch out, you know, young guys coming into the league, stepping into big roles. We just got to see how they develop. Yeah. And so last team in the NFC North, we're gonna talk about the Packers. And now they made it all the way to the NFC Championship last year. Got routed by the Forty uh, Nine ers, thirty-seven to twenty. We know how that went. That uh, 49ers offense was just unstoppable. But what I will say about the Packers is they got a young and upcoming defensive unit, man. Yeah. You think about, especially in the secondary, you got uh, Jair Jair Alexander and Kevin King on the other side. Like, that's a pretty solid corner duo. You got great talent along the defensive line of Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. And uh, 
Like, it's just a good, you know, young unit. You got the two key positions on defense, edge rusher and corner, and DB. And then, you know, you got the young gun, Darnell Savage, man in the middle. However, I think they're, I think what could be the biggest concern for them is just a lack of receiver depth. And that's <laughs> a serious issue considering they drafted Jordan Love, number 26 overall in the drafts, and they didn't draft any receivers. Yeah. So. No receivers. Exactly. So. What do you think about just their lack of – well, what do you think about the receiving talent on that team to support Aaron Rodgers? Uh, well, I know Devontae Adams. Who's number two? Geronimo? Uh, Geronimo left this offseason. He signed with uh, – I want to say he signed with De- Detroit. Who's number two then? Number two, I would say, is Alan Lazard. You remember him? Kind of. No, I'm going to tell you how you're going to remember him. Remember the Liberty Bowl 2017 when Memphis played Iowa State? Iowa State, yeah. He was the guy who went off for like 200 Okay, on us. okay. He okay. was the number five. All right. So, uh. And he had, I know he just talked about his college performance when he destroyed Memphis. But last season he had 35 catches, 477 yards, and three touchdowns. For who? For the, the Packers. Packers. He yeah. played for the Packers mm-hmm. last Ooh. Okay, I'm a. Yeah, that receiver deal. Like, I don't have a problem with them drafting a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I'm not going to lie to you at all. I didn't watch Jordan Love in college, not one time. Yeah. And so, is he that good? He might be. He went first round. Yeah. So, obviously, he, they know something that I don't. Um, But then again, it was so many receivers. You could have got first round talent in the second round. Exactly. Early third. Because T. Higgins was the, fr- was the first player off the board in the second round. Yeah. So, uh, would Jordan Love has still been there? Who knows? Yeah. They could have traded up in the second. Exactly. I mean, who knows? The Packers, they know something that we don't, obviously. they Maybe they really believe in their receivers that yeah. much. I mean, a backup quarterback, that's not a problem. Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's getting up there in age. Yeah. Is Jordan Love the, the successor to Aaron Rodgers? That's the question. Yeah. You think he is? I mean, you think about, like, what happened. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, they bring in Rodgers to back up But you, do, you knew Rodgers was that guy, though. Well, yeah. Do I we know Jordan Love is that guy? Not at all. I think there are a lot of question marks around Jordan Love, especially his drop-off from 2018 to 2019. And a lot of people talk that up to, like, I want to say it was his top four, top three leading receivers left, you know, after 2018, like, graduated. Yeah. And so he was kind of left alone as long as, like, I want to say a number of O-linemen left, too. So, like, he was kind of out there with a whole new guys, a whole new unit. But that doesn't excuse you for for throwing, let's say he threw 12 picks. It was a stupid number of picks. And so I just think, like, he has a lot of stuff to learn, especially being a young quarterback coming from a smaller program. Yeah. But what I will say is he does have a big arm, and he's not afraid to take the risk. Okay, okay. I can respect that. I mean, the, just looking at it initially, I got him going 11 and 5. Yeah. So before we get into depth about it, how many years do you think Aaron Rodgers has left? Because I feel like their championship window is going to close when Aaron Rodgers just left with the declined. Packers, or just left in general. Well, I was going to say, well, more of how many years does Rodgers have? Like Rodgers had me in like an elite top tier quarterback. He's thirty six right now, and he's under contract through twenty twenty three. When he turns forty. When he turns forty, you so think that's when he's going to hit the? He has three three more years left, so he has this season. Definitely two more seasons after yeah. that. When his contract runs out. So you think that's when he's gonna start to like fall off and Yeah, well, everybody everybody Rogers. everybody hits the cliff when they're forty, bro. Yeah. Everybody hits the cliff when they're forty. I, and and quarterback. And and in basketball. Everybody hits the cliff when they're forty. In basketball. Yeah, I basketball. Think, I can't think of no hoopers that made it to oh. forty. <laughs> oh, but not uh thirty five. That's what I meant yeah. for basketball. 
right. Jordan, I mean, not Jordan. LeBron will make it to 40. All right. Sure. I mean, uh, will LeBron's hair make it to 40 with him? No, nah, bro. <laughs> all the ghosts are both are ball, bro. All Jordan, right. Kareem, they all went ball, bro. Kobe. Shaq, the greatest to ever do it. But anyway, back to the I Packers. Hurt, <laughs> back to the Packers. Just looking at their draft overall, we talked about Jordan Love. Their second overall pick, number 62 overall in the draft, was running back A.J. Dillon from Boston College. And that was another head-scratching pick to me. I was just I like, forgot about that. I was just like, what are you doing? You already have a solid backfield with uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Yeah. You don't need another running back. <laughs> no, not Especially not A.J. Dillon, who's literally just a running back. He doesn't offer value in the pass game. He's just an inside zone running back. So what do you what did you think about that pick? I forgot all about that pick to be honest. I was trying to think who who did they draft? Yeah. They didn't get worse though. That's the thing. They did. Yeah, I, I they didn't get that. worse. I agree with. That. I don't think they got worse. But I either. think a lot of teams in the NFC but, got better. I, that's what I was gonna say. I don't think they got worse. But I think they missed opportunities to get better. Yeah, it may take the next step into becoming a Super Bowl contender. Exactly. Especially, like, you were in the NFC Championship last game. I mean, last season. Mm-hmm. So, all you need to do is maybe make some small improvements. And guess what? You're back in that same spot. And maybe if you improve your team just a little bit, you would have been in the Super Bowl. I talked to my people that know people. And this is a spoiler alert. Des Bryant is going to sign with the Packers this season. Or Antonio Brown. One of the two is going to sign with the Packers this season. You heard it here first. I talk to my people that know people. I don't know your people, but I think that's very reasonable. I think they would be in the market for for a veteran wide receiver. Especially, especially a guy like more A.B. than Dez Bryant. But Dez Bryant is a baller, bro. I love Dez, bro. He's he ain't never friends. been about separation. He's been about catching the, the ball. Eggs. Throw up the eggs. But... He was the best receiver in the league at one point. I, bro, me and my dad used to have that conversation all the time. I was like, you just can't stop Dez. You can cover him, but guess what? He going to catch the ball. Yeah, he was the best in the league at one point. And then I think it would be kind of ironic if he signed with the Packers because yeah. that was most definitely a catch. I'm telling you, bro. I'm, I definitely. talk to my people that know people, Nick. I'm with it, bro. You heard it here first. But uh, what I will say, though, for the Packers this upcoming season, you got them going 11-5 too, mm-hmm. right? So I got them winning the division, but I can expect like a change in the Packers' offense. I can see this season, especially with Matt Lafleur being the former OC for the Titans. Yeah. And now they have AJ Dillon added to the running back room. I can see a lot of, a lot of inside zone going on. A lot of like a lot of power run game coming to Green Bay. Just playing to, like uh, the Titans. Yeah, especially like how twenty eighteen when Henry like. Really got on the map. Yeah. I could see either Jones or Dylan being used like that. I mean, when you think about it, but besides maybe like three, four teams, a lot of teams use the power run game. Yeah. It? Like the successful teams, uh-huh. like the Ravens, the, the 49ers. Titans, 49ers. Yeah, they use that power run game just to get all the way. I could see it happening, the Packers switching, because they got a new head coach, huh? This is second year. Okay. Yeah, so I can see it happening. Uh, especially with Aaron Rodgers getting older. That's what the Patriots been doing for yeah. the longest. I, and now the, the Bucks are going to be doing it. So the Falcons, they kind of do it to an extent. Yeah. But I still, like I said, like I think if they do that, I think Aaron Rodgers becomes even more dangerous. Yeah. Because now, like, now, like, the defense is like, yeah, we got to, coming into this, we're going to have to stop the run. 
and then you just I want to say forget about Aaron Rodgers because you can't forget about him. But he's gonna pull pull out a vintage performance and just go dumb. And I'm and like I said, Aaron Rodgers I think is still in his prime. I think he's still a top three quarterback in the league, top three, top five. It depends on who you asking, bro. Of course, me I'm going ever my, yeah. Well, yeah, but of course, man, I'm going with Mahomes, Lamar, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, like that third. Who would you rather have, Deshaun? Uh, Deshaun, uh, from the the quarterback from the uh, Texas, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, or Aaron Rodgers? I mean, of course, I rather have Deshaun just because he's younger. But like, you you get one game for the Super Bowl. Who would you pick? Oh, that's a good question. One game for the Super Bowl. I'm going Aaron Rodgers. I got faith in him. You got to think about, like... I got faith in Deshaun Watson, bro. You had faith in him when he blew the lead to the Chiefs? I mean, yeah. I mean, at least he was in the position. He was winning at one point. This man scored three points against the, the 49ers. He scored more than three. Maybe, he, like, he 13. Scored, he, they put... The office put 20 on the board. What was the final score then? 37 to 20. Okay, so they still got killed, murdered. Deshaun I mean, Watson yeah. did it in a half. Really a quarter. He dropped 20 in a quarter. Okay. And then he didn't score for, until, like, the last drive of the game. He scored more points in the championship game. But, but my thing is, Rodgers got a ring. He's been there before. He's, he, he top five. Yeah, he called. Exactly, bro. So, and like I said, that's what puts the Packers in that elite conversation. Like, I think they have a legitimate chance to make it to the MC Championship game again. What do you think he ranks ever? In terms of quarterbacks? Mm-hmm. I think Brady's one, Montana's two. The only thing with Rodgers, he only has one ring. So Mahomes is greater than him already. I, I would, I am. And, and <laughs> all honest, and all honesty, yes, I would take Mahomes over Rodgers. I take Mahomes over anybody. Like greatest of all time. He's the greatest of all time, bro. Over I'm Brady? on, I'm on the bad way. I mean, bro. I when, love Mahomes. Don't once he wrong. once he gets the rings, bro, you can't dispute it. Exactly, bro. And you got to think he's got an MVP, a league MVP. A, he won the Super Bowl MVP too, didn't it? Yeah. And he's got a Super Bowl ring all under the age of 25. Man's not 25 yet. How old are you? 23. You got a Super Bowl ring? Not yet, bro. Relax. I still got two more years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, message to all the NFL teams, defensive tackle Vance, Vance Laws looking for a team to hop on. <laughs> He might not bring you much, but he gonna make sure the Gatorade stay filled. <laughs> I'm just trying to get that ring. That's it. All right, so I guess that's gonna be all for our episode this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure y'all hit that subscribe button for us, and I hope y'all uh, stay safe and have a good time. We out of here.